Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Autonomia, the show where we bring ideas from the libertarian left to everyday people and foster conversation on what we believe in hopes of proving that we all have far more in common than we are trained to believe. My name is Hayward, and I am your host. As always, our intro and outro music come from a song called A Bigger Cage is Still a Prison by System Failure. If you'd like to look up this song, the band spells system, C-I-S-T-E-M, for political reasons. There's nothing I want more than to sleep under the night sky, hear the animals as they go about their lives. Feel the fire warm my body, feel the mud under my toes, but tonight this cell keeps me in Hello everyone, and I hope your summers have been going better for you than they have been for me. You've obviously noticed a quite a significant length between the recent podcast episodes, and that's because uh, close to three weeks ago, I had recorded what I thought was a pretty, uh, pretty entertaining episode about the ongoing uprising all over this country that has started to tamp down, but is still very active in some places. Unfortunately, after recording that at our monthly uh, food and clothing giveaway, I was involved in a car accident where the other driver forgot what a red light means. This resulted in me T-boning a car right around 35 miles an hour, which sucked enough as it is, but my truck is very old and doesn't have airbags. So not only is the only vehicle for our aid organization still stuck at a salvage yard weeks later, I also don't have a way of getting around, and I had to deal with the injuries of going from 35 to zero with no airbags. So that was rough, uh, but I'm here. The primary reason for the delay, though, was not the injuries that I incurred, but it was the phone that I had at the time uh, was bent in half from the force of the impact with the recordings on it. Now, I'm hoping I'll be able to salvage those off because... In addition to my jobs as a handyman, I am also a uh, pretty experienced cell phone repair technician. I had really been hoping that I could get all of this data off of my phone and edit it together into a new podcast episode for you, especially hoping to have it released in a timely manner such that my commentary on the ongoing rebellions all over the country would actually be relevant and current. Unfortunately, it's been weeks now, and as far as I can tell, the insurance adjuster is still yet to have looked at the vehicle, which means that it still has to sit at the salvage yard, which has delayed quite a number of things, including me getting the type of money that would be required to fix an iPhone XS. So it looks like it might be at least another week or two until I can have even the chance of getting that phone running again, uh, or at the very least on to the point where I can use a screen to run through it and extract some data from it. So it'll probably be a while until that podcast episode comes out, which I'm a little bit bummed out about, but it is what it is. Naturally, uh, it's been quite a while waiting, so there's a lot of stuff that we could talk about. 
But one thing I really wanted to zero in on, especially because of uh, the reaction from the right that I've been seeing a lot lately, is what's happening in Portland, and specifically touching on the point of hypocrisy. And, you know, I've, I know a lot of people on the right. I have a lot of friends on the right. I listen to a lot of right-wing media, talk radio. I know several right-wing radio show hosts. I mean, we, it, it's not as if I have no idea what I'm talking about when I say that a lot of the reaction, and not all, I want to be very clear, not all, but a lot of the reaction on the right is very, very disheartening to me about what's happening with the repression around the country to this uprising because it really exposes sort of a hypocritical underpinning of that worldview and a lot of people that uphold it. And it's very frustrating to me because I don't mind someone that has a good faith disagreement with me and might view things in a different way than me. But I start to have issue when people take two oppositional positions based on political convenience. That's something I always have a problem with, and that's something I always call out, and that's something I try to avoid personally, because I don't like to be the kind of person that can make an accusation and simultaneously be guilty of it, because of course, that is the very hypocrisy that I am trying to speak against here. So, for those of us that are not aware, Portland has been close to 50 days by now of resistance in the city. That means protests, that means riots, that means shooting fireworks at courthouses, that means tear gas in every direction. And more recently, what that's meant is the use of federal agents. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that when I was a right-wing libertarian back in college, I heard people all the time be terrified that Obama would send out federal agents kidnapping dissidents and putting them into unmarked vehicles and dragging them off to undisclosed locations. And a lot of those same people I see today cheering this on. I spend a lot of time looking around on uh, the right-wing social media space and, you know, I go in a lot of Facebook groups and Facebook pages that are populated largely by right-wingers. And the glee and just absolute uh, <laughs> rapture that people seem to be experiencing from this repression is extremely disturbing. And it says a lot about what they actually believe and what their actual true colors are. Because if they're suddenly cheering the use of secret police because the shoe is on the other foot, to me that's someone that has a very tenuous relationship with principle. In Connecticut, I don't know, maybe six, seven months ago at this point, could, could be even longer, uh, those that are listening to me from Connecticut might be aware of this, there was, a, there was a state police or government order toward the state police, something like that, where they wanted to create a new branch of the police to go after specifically right-wing extremism. Now me, as a libertarian leftist, you might think, oh, cool, you know, now, he's going to be so thrilled now that they're going to be going after right-wingers. No, I'm not thrilled about that. Do you know why I'm not thrilled about that? Because I am a libertarian leftist, also known as an anarchist. And those are the kind of people that have principles that stand against the use of state power against dissidents. 
because anyone who knows even a little bit about history can tell you that whenever the state is allowed to reach a new level of power, it will use and abuse that power. And it will always say it's just for the communists, it's just for the anarchists, it's just for the rioters, it's just for the terrorists. But we all see what ends up happening. It always gets used on the general population. Remember the Patriot Act. I was a kid when that was being pushed through, and I saw people, young and old, saying, if you have nothing to hide, you have nothing to fear, it's to keep us safe from the terrorists. And for a while I believed that because I was seven. But when I started to actually learn a little bit and gain a little bit of wisdom about this world and begin to engage in critical thought rather than what I was brainwashed to believe by, by the school systems, I realized this is extremely dangerous and this is not the America that I was raised to believe in. This is an America, this is a country that is adopting tactics that are antithetical to a free and open society. And it's using fear to push that narrative, which, mind you, the definition of terrorism is the use or threat of violence to extract a political end. Boy, it's, it's certainly not terrorism when the government does it, I guess, but because that's, what, 80-90% of what they do? So, the Patriot Act got pushed through, and a lot of people were thrilled about it because a lot of people were scared and because a lot of people didn't think. And what did we see a few years later? Some guy named Snowden managed to sneak a flash drive out of an NSA building and taught the whole world that the NSA had been spying on everyone. That's not a good thing, and that's not what breeds liberty. That is what breeds a totalitarian police state. I was raised to believe that dangerous authoritarian countries were the ones that used secret police and were the ones that used mass surveillance on their populations because their primary enemy was not outside, but inside. Their primary enemy is the people that they control. Not the people that they serve, not the people that they exist to protect, the people that they control. And that's you. I saw a lot of people cheering on what's happening in Portland right now. And some of the comments were disturbing. One of my personal favorites was one person commenting on Law Enforcement Today which is a, a, a periodical for law enforcement folks, and they do have a Facebook page, and you can see a whole lot of pretty nightmarish language being used in there on a regular basis. This person commented saying that they wanted them to all be wiped out with pepper balls, which is a, a, a munition they use in protest too. It's, it's basically pepper spray in ball form. And someone replied to that comment let me pull it up exactly here, just so I can read it exactly what was said. So, Juan says, 50 caliber for the final solution. To which I replied, nice use of final solution. Fans of history might recognize that phrase as having another meaning, uh, and not a happy meaning. A lot of people 
rightly so, in my opinion, during the Obama administration, were very, very skeptical at the increase in government power and very, very skeptical about the possibility of a police state happening in their country. I was also one of those people that was worried about it, but apparently I was one of the few people that actually meant it. I'm seeing people who used to identify as libertarians or just fairly moderate right-wingers who were very skeptical about Obama coming in the night to take your guns, take your liberty, take your freedoms, take your wife, take your whatever. And that didn't so much happen. But now that that's literally happening in some places under Trump, it's all fine because it's the enemies that they're going after. So many people on the right, when... Antifa was doing a lot of things which I've called out before about just deplatforming people saying, hey, you know, first, first they come after Alex Jones, then they come after Miley Yiannopoulos, then they come after you. They're using that same logic, which was initially penned as a warning about creeping authoritarian government. Those people are seemingly absolutely fine seeing that same force being used on people that they don't agree with because apparently they forgot that that always comes back to bite you. Every time you allow the government to have more force, more power, more tyrannical might, it eventually comes back to get you. The fact that people aren't concerned about that shows how overwhelmingly naive most people are and how ignorant of history that they are. I don't blame you for having a different opinion than I do. I don't blame you for thinking what I think is crazy. But I don't want you to be taken away by secret police and brought to an undisclosed location after you've been nabbed off the street. That is not the country I want to live in. But that is rapidly the country we are starting to live in now. And that is the country that a lot of people are cheering on with what I see as rabid ignorance. This country was founded with a profound skepticism for the dangerous nature of runaway state power. The trees form a secret green embrace. Their arms beckoning to swallow me oh I want to climb over these rooftops and over these fences and escape to the places none of these guys would go Cause there's nothing I want more to sleep under the night sky Hear the animals as they go about their lives Fill the fire warm my body Another observation I've made, which has been really frustrating, when the Yellow Vest movement in France was kicking off, a lot, and I mean a lot, of conservatives were in support of it, despite the fact that they were using viciously militant tactics against the police. And the Americans were able to understand the obvious truth that the police were acting to enforce government control on an unwilling population, and they supported that population fighting back against those police. And then we see what happened over in Hong Kong. 
Americans all over the place were supporting what was happening in Hong Kong. They were supporting the fight against the police in Hong Kong because the police were defending the government of Hong Kong, which is linked to the government of China. It's it's amazing. People in this country can look at people fighting the police in other countries and understand that it makes sense, that understands that it is perfectly logical that since the role of the police is to defend the state, that if the state becomes the adversary and people are trying to push for a better world, you are going to come into contact with the police. It's like everyone intuitively understands that, but because America is so thoroughly brainwashed by loyalism that we just say, oh, well, if they're fighting the police here, that that can't possibly be a good thing. It has to be a bad thing because they forget the suffrage movement and the labor movement and the anti-war movement and the environmental movement and a dozen other movements that brought us to a better place and did so through fighting with the system and in many times the police that uphold that system. You know, and, and then people act as if there isn't some sort of parallel between what happens in Hong Kong and what happens here. Probably not a lot of people listening to this right now know that the Hong Kong police and all the brutality that they put out were trained by American law enforcement. It's the same game in just a different place. It's, it's so frustrating to watch people not make these connections because they're so blatantly clear especially if you've experienced them firsthand. Seems like people just don't get it. Sitting here I prepare myself for the future When instead of one month I could be here for years Would I lose hope? Would I take my life? Or would we find a way to break ourselves out? And we're going to talk a little more about hypocrisy now. I was blocked today, which is fine, whatever, I don't mind. But what I was blocked for, I thought was very, very interesting. What I like to do a lot of the times, because I was raised as a patriotic American, is go back to what I was raised with, the theory, the ideas, the principles that are being violated constantly and without any opposition from most folks that claim to hold those principles. I had shared something on Facebook today that talked about a lot of the freedoms and benefits that people around the world enjoy but are not allowed or not available in America. And my comment to that was something to the effect of, my view of American exceptionalism was only able to be held by me because I hadn't seen anything else, because I had no other idea of what could ex- be possible or what I could expect as a human being. I was taught by the system that this is the best we could ever hope for, that we are the best country on the world, whatever that means. You don't, you don't investigate the metric by which you decide that. You don't investigate what other options are available. You don't use what we like to call critical thought. And I had said that it was very hard for me to go back to those oversimplified worldviews that many, many people in this country have fostered in them and still hold to this day when you've seen things that directly clash with the propaganda. And this person, who has been a friend of mine since kindergarten, he said to me, 
No one is forcing you to stay here, just saying. That's the benefit of this free society, I should add. You want to leave. Stay on the other side where you find life better. We've all seen this argument. We've all seen people say, if you don't like it, leave. We've all seen people say, if you'd rather be somewhere else, don't be here. If you want to change America, get out. That's a very easy thing to say. And that's a very comforting narrative to apply to people who believe the myths of this country still. But what does that serve? It creates an atmosphere in which the government can do whatever the hell it wants to do to you. And if you complain, you are ostracized. Don't you see who that narrative serves? Don't you see what purpose that that helps to push? Don't you see how dangerous that is? Do you think our founders said, hey, I guess we'll just leave because we don't like how the British are treating us? No. They said, we live here and we're going to go to war with the, the biggest empire the world had ever seen because we're not moving anywhere and because we want something better for us and our children. That is the Americanism that I was taught as a child. And that is the Americanism that I heard from a lot of people on the right during the Obama administration. But now that suddenly their guy's in, all of that libertarian anti-government ideology suddenly just vanished because it was now politically convenient for them to do as they had always done and perpetuate the myths of this country. What I said to this guy is what got me blocked. Keith. The tricky thing about that is that is exactly the thinking of the loyalists. The patriots who founded this country saw a problem, called it out, and fought to change it. Now, people have been taught that patriotism means loyalty to their government and to the institutions rather than a willingness to call out and rise up against those institutions when they fall short of their duty to promote liberty. Ask yourself seriously if you think the founders would approve of the America we have become. And that's a question for you too, listeners. Do you really think the founders would be okay with what, what's happening right now? Back to the quote. If we really and honestly confront the idea, most people will come to the conclusion that the patriots would have risen up and attacked this government decades ago. But what do we see now? Self-identified patriots personifying the attitudes of the loyalists when they say things like, well, if you don't like it here, leave. This is a philosophical decay that would make the founders and the original patriots weep. The American way is not to just pack up and leave when the government becomes tyrannical. Thomas Jefferson said, when tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty. The Declaration of Independence, in its opening paragraphs, says that it is the right of the people to alter or abolish a government that becomes destructive to the freedom of the people. Anyone with any interest in current events can tell you that we are pretty far down that road already, and resistance is more essential with every passing day. Because with each passing day, creeping authoritarianism gets worse, and the ability to resist it shrinks as the people become ever increasingly disempowered while the loyalists shout down anyone who dares call out what is plainly obvious. And finally, Keith, I have the ability to move to any country I'd like, 
But what would that serve? It does nothing to undermine the tyranny most people in this country don't have the wealth to flee. All it is is cowardice and escapism. It's also simply, simply laziness to jump in and enjoy the fruits of others' hard-won rights rather than fight to raise the standard of living in the communities I live in where people are suffering. I have no loyalty to this government, but I have an immense loyalty to my neighbors and to my community. I am not just going to abandon them because I can leave to greener pastures. There is no honor in that. And I stand by those words. And those words are what got me blocked, which basically just means this person never wants to speak to me again. And I find it very interesting that a person who seemingly values the principles that founded this country would block someone and push them away forever when all that they have espoused are the principles of this country, including citing people who founded this country. That to me is profoundly dangerous. What we have nowadays is loyalism masquerading as patriotism, and it will be the death of this country far sooner than any leftists will be. You can't go out cheering for the use of secret police just because they are used on your enemies. You can't turn a blind eye to the use of secret police because it's on your enemies, because it eventually will come for you. It sets a very dangerous precedent, and if you normalize it rather than calling out against it, it will happen again. It will expand. The government will be emboldened because you have given it permission through your silence and complicity. That is disgraceful and it is un-American. It is not the type of American attitude that I was raised to believe in by Republicans. This is why in the episode that I'm hoping to release just as soon as I can fix my phone, I said I move toward the left because the libertarian left engaged with the principles that I was taught to believe in far more seriously than the right ever has or ever will. And I'm sorry to say that because a lot of people that I really care about are on the right. I see a lot of opinions being put out there that don't sound like the America that I was raised to believe in. And that to me is unacceptable. I understand that people are worried about what left politics might be. I get it. They're unfamiliar. They're very strange to a lot of people. I get it. But if your resistance to something that you are against means that you lose who you are in the process, what are you doing? You can't just suddenly take the attack dogs of the state off of their leashes and say, have fun because I don't like them, because they're my enemies. You've opened a door that you do not want to open. And you might call me silly, you might call me paranoid, but I know history probably better than you do. There's a pretty high chance of that. What I am giving you is a warning. Because like that quote that so many Republicans will repeat constantly because it is an important quote. First they came for the communists, then the trade unionists, then the blah, 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 blah. And then they came for me, but there was no one left to speak out for me. We're quite a few steps in on this. So are you going to do something about it? At the very least, are you going to withdraw your support from it? 
or are you going to continue to cheer on the death of the principles of your country? Because if you honestly care about the principles that this country was founded on, you would be against this. Our founders would be against this emphatically. And our founders would have revolted generations ago as our liberties continuously get chipped away at because that is the nature of government. Give it enough time and it will strip everything from you. And we have a situation where the powerful have managed to brainwash a huge percentage of the population into believing that unconditional loyalty to the state is what they should have. They don't say that, of course, because using such language would be unwise and sloppy. They dress it up a little more. They say that's loyalty to your country. Because that's an abstract of enough concept that people can say, oh yeah, sure, loyalty to America, let's go into Iraq. Loyalty to America, let's go into Afghanistan. Loyalty to America, let's blow $2 trillion on wars that have done almost nothing for us and injured and killed untold numbers of people, including the people that we claim to care about, our veterans. I'm sorry if I'm rambling a bit. This is all unscripted. I'm trying to do this as much as I can because I think it's an important exercise to actually work with the ideas that you're involved in. And most of the discussions I have with people are unscripted. So it's very difficult to step away from the temptation in a podcast format to write out and formulate all of my ideas with the type of poetry that I would like to. But I am very frustrated, and that's going to come through. Not all my thoughts are 100% fully organized, and that's going to come through as well. But I'm going to do my best to explain these ideas to you, to explain this perspective to you, because it is not a perspective you hear that often. And I think if we're ever going to pursue truth, then we have to be willing to hear out all perspectives. And I think that we need to reinvestigate the principles of liberty. Because what I've seen a whole lot of the past few years is an extreme divorce from the principles of liberty. It's very disheartening. And I'm not saying that this is unique to Trump. I marched in 2014 against the Obama administration with the explicit demand that he be removed from office. Don't sit here and tell me that I'm going to be a hypocrite because I just want Obama back. I just want Clinton back. I just wish Hillary was in. No. They are my enemies. They are against the principles that I was raised to believe in. They are against the principles that I have studied independently and have verified match with my personal values. The amount of hypocrisy and selective outrage out there is insane to me. If Obama were doing this type of thing to conservatives rather than Trump doing this type of thing to leftists, and mind you, a lot of just people who are just there at a protest, not just leftists, you folks would be losing your damn minds, and rightfully so. I'd be just as pissed off, because unlike a lot of people out there, I go off of principles rather than political convenience. All these people out here stockpiling weapons and ammunition, thinking that one day the UN's going to come after them, or one day the, go the government's going to come after them, and they're going to stand up so they can fight for liberty against rising tyranny. 
But when tyranny literally happens in front of them, those people are usually pretty silent. Those people just sit by the wayside as the country slips into oblivion. What are you fighting for? What are you stockpiling weapons for when your country around you is disintegrating into a police state? What are you fighting for when the government watches everything that you do? What are you fighting for when corporations all over the world poison your resources and spit in your eye? What are you doing? I've said this before, and, I've, and I'll probably say it quite a few more times, and I hope it doesn't make you folks shut the, the podcast off if you haven't already. It is my opinion that many of the conservative worldviews only hold up if you have a very insulated perspective of what the world is like. If you don't have any experience on what things are possible, you will fall for any sort of narrative the state is trying to push on you. And that's what I see constantly. Ten years ago, if people had said to me something to the effect of, oh yeah, no, they're setting up some kind of autonomous zone with no police, I'd say, oh, it's going to be an absolute nightmare. The, the people will run wild and kill each other. And then I lived in several autonomous zones without police all over the world. And then I found out, oh, I've just been lied to by the same system that funds the police. Go figure. And that's sort of a fun thing to jump into. Recently, we've been hearing all these stories about the autonomous zone and all the atrocities that happen within the hellish nightmare within. And then you see the narratives that are actually coming out of inside the zone, or were at this, at this point. And that, along with the live stream videos and pretty much every bit of actual evidence, seems to be sharply in contradiction to the horror stories that we're seeing in the media. Interesting. We hear all these, or we heard, I should say, all these terrible stories of violence and shootings and it was all shown to us to further a narrative that, with, that it is impossible to have a civilized society without police as they exist in this country now. Not only is that demonstrably untrue, but it's also not an accurate narrative of what was happening inside there. And this is getting back to our whole idea of hypocrisy. Many people on the right are perfectly comfortable calling out the hypocrisy and media bias among what you might call liberal media. Some of you may call it leftist media, but I will remind you there is no such thing, at least not in any meaningful way that you'll see on your TV. There is liberal media. And you will call that out as being hypocritical, selectively cherry-picking the facts, and overall partisan bullshit. But for whatever reason, it seems that you have a very hard time applying the same critical thinking and the same intellectual rigor to Fox News or to any of the other right-wing media grifters out there that are talking about the horror that happened inside that zone, that are focusing on the shootings that happened inside that zone without focusing on who was doing the shooting. Why is it that many of you folks are willing to call out the hypocrisy in the media on the other side, but not engage with the hypocrisy and dishonesty of your own media outlets? Is it possible that many of your opinions are formulated by those media outlets and managed by those media outlets such that you won't question what they say? Several people listening to this show and myself 
listen to media on all sides of the spectrum. And when you do that, the bias is far easier to spot. Fox News was caught in, in a lie. Fox News photoshopped an image of one armed security guard within the autonomous zone in Seattle and photoshopped him on, I think, six or seven different images for headlines. That's not honest journalism. And among people that are actually interested in the truth, that may seriously undermine the credibility of such a reporting agency. The Seattle police were caught in a lie saying that there was extortion among the residents of the zone toward business owners. And several business owners came out and said that that was false and they had to publicly walk back their statement. Shouldn't that also undermine the credibility of the Seattle Police Department? What's interesting though is that both of those groups continued to put out information disparaging what was happening in the zone and people ate it up like mindless little children. Why is this happening? Because it's confirmation bias. You want to believe what they are saying because what, you, what they are saying backs up your already existing and, in my opinion, manufactured beliefs. And then we have to get to the shootings that happened in the zone. Every single dishonest and unscrupulous and, and also just ignorant person on the right would talk about this and say this proves that without police it would be absolute chaos and these people can't govern themselves and they're just a bunch of violent lunatics murdering each other. However, just like the reporting from mainstream media about what was happening inside the zone clashing extremely with both the on-the-ground accounts and the video footage live streaming every day out of the zone, this also had a couple of holes in it. Obviously, since day one, and even before the zone was created, that area was subject to constant right-wing vigilante violence. Days before the zone was created, a relative of a member of the Seattle Police Department rammed his vehicle into the crowd and proceeded to walk peacefully into the Seattle Police line, but not after he opened fire with a pistol into the crowd. That, among other vehicle attacks, is the reason that the mayor put up all those barriers. They didn't want more vehicle attacks happening because that's a nightmare for liability. But a lot of you took that to mean, oh, this mayor must be a hardline leftist and loves the protests that are happening. No, she doesn't. And anyone that's looked into that area can tell you that that mayor has a very contentious relationship with a lot of the protesting communities in that area but she prefers a different means of repression than the type of direct repression that many of you folks were foaming at the mouth for. The victims of those shootings were, as many other people were in that area, victims of loyalist vigilante attacks because any project at Liberation will be subject to attack from loyalist forces, both official and unofficial. There are many instances where you have video of local far-right gangs and militias coming into the zone to stir up trouble and attack people. Because what are they trying to do? Probably the same thing that those media outlets are trying to do. Do anything they can to undermine, discredit, and disrupt a project at liberation.
or at the very least, a project that is vastly outside of the standard purview of mainstream American politics and living. The people that were shot, the ones that survived, claim that they were victims of racial attacks, and that fits very neatly within the already established pattern of vigilante violence from outside the zone coming in to cause trouble, and you folks ate it up. Why are you folks magical sleuths when it comes to finding screw-ups and falsehoods in liberal media, but you'll ignore glaring and grotesque errors like this and be fooled and used to promote a narrative that just isn't true. What are you doing? And now you have people that were cheering the, the zone coming down, wanting people, wanting people to be killed inside the zone, wanting the people that decided that their neighborhood was sick of being attacked and under siege by police, wanting them to be put in prison. You people have believed and continue to believe so many things that are demonstrably false. And that belief serves something that I don't believe you would support. When you are directly confronted with instances of you having been lied to by the authorities and by the media, you have to ask yourself, or at least if you are truly devoted to finding something that is real, you have to ask yourself, what else have you been lied to about? What else is wrong? That's what I asked myself when I started to find out how much nonsense we're taught. What kind of silliness and acceptance of tyranny is promoted as truth and patriotism? I think a lot of us could use to do that too. What else have you been lied to about? Another instance of hypocrisy that I found absolutely gut-bustingly hilarious and disappointing. On a radio show that I enjoy listening to, one of the radio guests who is among the most popular all week was talking about the Boston Massacre. History buffs might remember that as the time where a dispute between a young boy and a British soldier got heated and more heated and more heated to the point where dozens and dozens of Americans were yelling and screaming at the Redcoats, who were the law enforcement officers of the day. Eventually, that dispute got to the point where they were throwing things. They were throwing snowballs and rocks at law enforcement officers. Eventually, this got to the point where one of the Redcoats opened fire, and a lot of people died that day. Drop that event into the modern day. A bunch of angry rioters throwing rocks and, sto and, and snowballs, bottles, whatever, at law enforcement nowadays, who are the modern-day redcoats, if you're being honest with yourself, throwing objects at law enforcement and taunting them. Would you blame the law enforcement for opening fire? Maybe they feared for their lives. You know, they're people too. Think about that. The patriots, the people who stood up against the largest empire that the world had ever known at the time, the most unbeatable, most powerful, most militarily supreme group of people that had an empire so large that the sun never set on the British Empire. These people who went to war with that. Guess how they reacted to the Boston Massacre? They were outraged. And it made the situation considerably more inflamed. And it made the American people just a little bit more sick 
of the overwhelming tyranny that they were living under. Nowadays, if people were throwing things at the modern-day redcoats, and those modern-day redcoats opened fire in fear for their lives, pretty significant chance a lot of you would be defending them. Because we already see that. And there's a pretty significant chance that a lot of you would be calling for those modern-day redcoats to open fire on those dangerous rebel rousers. The type of thinking that underpins what we call the patriots of the modern day is fundamentally identical to the thinking of the loyalists of the 1770s. What are you going to do with that? If the people that you idolize went to war with the largest empire in the world over this kind of mistreatment, over this kind of tyranny, and you folks are cheering it on, what does that make you? I have a pretty significant feeling that it's not something you want to be or something you identify as. What happened to conservatives? They used to be so anti-government. They used to be so skeptical of rising authoritarianism. They used to be so hyper-vigilant about us slipping into a police state, and now so many of them are cheering it on. Don't you folks remember Waco? Don't you folks remember Ruby Ridge? What happened to those people that were sure that the government was their adversary? What happened to those people that were acutely aware of what the law enforcement, who are the defenders of the government, first and foremost, will do to you if you rise up against that government? What happened to those people? Those are the kind of conservatives that I have a lot easier time talking to because they understand that the state is a fundamental adversary. To me, at least those people are being honest with themselves. Folks right now are cheering on what's happening all over the country in terms of rising and creeping authoritarianism. We're going more and more toward a police state, and all you back-the-blue people are largely to blame. It's not a polite thing to say, but it's also not wrong. You are charging headfirst through a door that you do not want to go through because it will make the world a much more dangerous an enslaved place because of it. You're allowed to believe in whatever type of government you want to believe in, but don't you sit here and tell me that you're a patriot when the people that you claim to idolize would have risen up in arms against this generations ago. Don't tell me you're a patriot when you say just obey the law or back the blue. Don't tell me that. Just be honest. If you had any idea of the history of policing and how it's been used in ways that you're not taught in school, that you're not taught about in right-wing media or, or liberal media, you'd see a pretty clear trend here, and you'd stand up against it, because that's the America that our founders created. When the Declaration of Independence of this country lays out the right of the people to alter and abolish the government if it becomes destructive to the ends of liberty, those people saw this coming. Those people saw this as a possibility that we might enter into. And they gave us a way out. You know why you have the Second Amendment. They gave us a way out of tyranny. They gave us a way to prevent it because they knew that America might someday become the type of tyranny that England was. And if we're being honest with ourselves, the America we have today is infinitely worse than England ever was to us. Do you honestly think that if America became what it has become, our founding fathers would just sit here and continue waving that flag they created? 
probably not. Because they understood that a country and a government can become tyrannical. And when it does that, it loses its legitimacy and it's the duty of the people to fight against it. Seriously, do you really think they'd still be waving old glory in that fight? When they went to war with England, they didn't keep flying the Union Jack. When the South seceded from the Union, they didn't keep flying the American flag. Because the governments that they were fighting use that flag. We know, if we're being honest with ourselves, the founders would rise up and fight against this. And we know that America, the American government, still uses old glory. We have no reason to believe that the founders would do anything but make a new flag, make a new project that goes truer to the project of liberty. So many of you folks are loyal to the concept of a nation but are so willing to accept its principles being destroyed as long as they're done by someone on your team. I see that on both sides. It's very sad. It needs to stop. And uh, to a large degree, I don't blame those people because a lot of them were just taught a certain way and they believed it. It's not their fault. But if those beliefs continue to be perpetuated, we have no hope. And we'll go headfirst right into the night. And anyone that dares to try to create something different, better, or just an expression of a way of life that people genuinely want to live, they'll be dragged off by unmarked police vans, taken to undisclosed sites and never seen again. And the loyalists will cheer and cheer and cheer. And their loyalty will buy them a little bit of safety until the state is sufficiently powerful and their loyalty is no longer necessary. And when that loyalty is no longer necessary, welcome to hell. God help us. Cause there's nothing I want more than to sleep under the night sky. The animals, as they go about their lives, fill a fire, warm my body, fill the mud under my toes. But tonight, this hell keeps me enclosed. For if we don't have our freedom, if we are captured by their iron hands, then the vision for fire, it burns so much more bright. No justice in the system A bigger cage is still a prison Well I hope that somewhere Someone breaks free tonight